Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 48, Self-Care During Troubled Times. So April's my birth month and I'm 42 years old now. On my birthday, I had family members and friends calling in saying, what are you going to do today? And I said, I'm going to Walmart. We're still on lockdown and not much else is open. You know, that's the highlight of my day. In the days leading up to my birthday, I circled the day, not because it was my birthday, it's because I kept telling myself, this is the day I go to Walmart. Two more days and I can go to Walmart. I actually put on my best clothes. As I was walking out, a neighbor was like, hey, Sheila, you look nice. Where are you going? Walmart. <laughs> it's the world we live in now. What I'm about to say can apply to any circumstance, but I'm specifically talking about what's going on at the time that I'm recording this. It is April the 17th, 2020. And whether you're listening to this right now or you're listening to this 10 days from now, 10 years from now, the same basic rules apply. However, given what's happening, we are in the midst of this pandemic. First, the numbers for American unemployment, it was 6 million. Then that number jumped up to about 10 million. And now we're at 22 million people out of work. The campus where I work is shut down. I mean, we've been shut down since about mid-March. And so I moved my classes online. But one thing I found out very quickly, we can't carry on the way, or should I say, we can't carry on as if things were normal. Things aren't normal. I'm having a hard time focusing. I consider myself to be someone who's mentally tough and I'm having a hard time focusing. I found out just talking to some of my students, they're having a very difficult time. Originally, I had a quiz every week between now and the end of April because the class is over as of the last business day of April and our final exams are the first week in May. And I realized very quickly, we can't keep up this pace. Even under normal circumstances, that would be a difficult pace, but I kind of backed off a lot. I underestimated what an emotional toll this was going to take, especially for those students. I I asked about their families and no, no one in my family's passed away, but some friends have. In my situation, a colleague of mine has an identical twin and the twin died. And I remember them. They were they were at my classmates. Well, actually, they were two years ahead of me. So even though we were never in the same class, we were at the same school at the same time. And when you saw one, you saw the other. And they were all about the university. My first year of teaching, I I had my students write a book and I had a book signing party. And those two showed up. They weren't invited, but they showed up anyway. So, you know, there you go. And uh, my, I ran into my seventh grade English teacher the day before we, the campus got shut down. We had a little conversation. And then I found out later her son had passed away. who was probably about my age. I don't know. And you think about that and things are hitting a little close to home here. So the question is, how do you take care of yourself during these times? And not just during these times. Again, it, it could be any time, but specifically I'm talking about what's going on now. And I can, I can go on with a list of things. But I want to distill it down to two things. These are two basic things. And you can adjust your life based on these things because we all have different tastes. The first one, it's just basic hygiene. There is a guy that I like to follow on YouTube. He used to live in a pop-up camper and he would travel the United States, but then he decided to settle down and now he's homesteading. He's an ex-Marine and he said doing boot camp, his superior officers would tell him if you ever find yourself in a POW, a prisoner of war, then you you need to do whatever they allow you to do. In other words, if they allow you to shower, then shower. 
If they allow you to shave, then shave whatever they allow you to do as much as possible, because just having that hygiene, basic hygiene, it's not going to trick your mind into thinking that that the situation is is not as bad as it is because it is bad. But what it does, it gives it allows you to have a little luxury and it gives you some clarity of thought. All right. Now, the second one is be happy about what you have without guilt. Now, there is this saying that I heard growing up, don't let people steal your joy. And yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see on a motivational poster. But what exactly does that mean? How do you do that? If I came up to you and said, I'm going to take your joy. How do you you stop me from doing that? Exactly. And I'll give an example. After I graduated, by this time, my mother had passed away. I was talking to one of my classmates who had also just gotten her degree. She was saying that her, she and her mother went on a cruise and they were, they were going to do this, that, and the other thing. And she's talking about all the stuff her, she and her mother did. Now, I didn't say anything. Well, did it make me sad to hear that? Yeah, it did. Did it make me long? Sure it did. But I didn't stop her from telling her story. Because why rain down on her parade? Because she's experiencing something that I can't. Who am I to say, hey, stop being happy about that because you have your mother and I don't. How could you do that? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I'm seeing that a lot. What's going on with this virus, that there are people who still have their jobs. There are people who can still go out and buy foods. But then on the other side of that coin, you have like 22 million Americans, like I said earlier, that don't have jobs. And that's just not here in the States. That's across the world. What's going on in Europe? What's going on in parts of Africa? What's going on in South America? What's going on in Asia? Some people put their purpose into their work. And so I'm hearing chatter that people who are working, who are happy, should be ashamed of themselves. Like, why? You know, if they're gloating, that's another matter. But even then, why do you care what they think? I know it's human nature to do so. Like I said, when when my classmate was telling me the story about her mother, you know, I felt it, it pained me. But again, I didn't stop her. If I told her to stop being so happy, what would that do for me? Would that change my situation? Not at all. And just like I don't do that to other people, I can find something in your life that you have that I don't. But then there's something in my life that I have that you might not. That's life. We're not all one person with the same experience. We're different people, different backgrounds. And so we look, there's some things that we cherish more so than other people. They're called values. We have different values. That's all. But all I'm saying is be happy about what you have. If you have a job, hey, be happy about it without being guilty. Because if you start feeling guilty, how is that going to help the people who don't have a job? If you're married and you're really happy in your marriage, I feel guilty because there are people who don't have that. Well, that's true. There are people who don't have that. But should you stop being happy, enjoying your life? There's something called compassion and gratitude. You can still have compassion for those who don't have what you have. You can still be compassionate. You don't have to rub it in their faces. But why should that stop you from enjoying your life? The key word here is grateful that. You have a job. Grateful that you might have family connections. You know, there is this uh, woman who was interviewed and she would visit the nursing home, you know, because of social distancing. She can't go in and she would videotape. Her mama's waving at her. She, she and she's just so happy. But then she goes back one day. Her mother's not at the window. So she walks up to the building and she's filming the whole thing now. And she sees her mother in a bed on a ventilator. She had been tested positive for COVID. I don't know if she's still alive. I mean, the prognosis is poor. But then again, there's some 90 year olds who have recovered from this. We see the camera on her and the interviewers asking her how she feels about all this. And I said, man, my heart goes out to her. That I know that feeling. 
My mother was on her deathbed for almost two weeks before she actually passed away. And that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness, that hit me. So you have your mother, hey, enjoy your mama. You have something that someone else doesn't have, enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about it. You have the right to, but guess what? That I feel the same way that again, I'm going to enjoy my life, enjoy what I have. I'm mindful that it's a gift. That's where the gratitude comes in from. There was a guy, his name was Victor Frankl. He was a Holocaust survivor. He observed that the people who were in concentration camps, the ones who survived, weren't the most able-bodied. They were just people who had something to look forward to. They had a sense of purpose that I'm, when this is over and it will be over, I'm going, to hook, I'm going to see my wife again, my husband again, my children again, whatever. And the whole point of bringing up Viktor Frankl is that this, this too will pass. Everything that's happening now will pass. Unfortunately, there are people who have succumbed to the virus. But for those who live through it, you know, have a sense of purpose. What is it that you want to get out of here? I'm not advocating false hope, but this will not continue. It can't continue. Nothing's going to happen to bring my mother back. That's for sure. But as long as I breathe, the story is not over. And until it is, I can say for those who might not have what I have, I can show compassion. And to the best of my ability, maybe do something about it. Go donate some clothes. Go donate some food. Do something. All right. So just to recap what I said, this is not a particularly long episode. I only had two things to say. And whatever you do, it has to mean something to you. It doesn't have to make sense to me. But it has to make sense to you. But I say at the very least, like that ex-Marine said, keep your spirits high just through basic hygiene and then enjoy what you have. There was a time in my life where I, I actually applied for food stamps. I was only getting $200 a week and that's before taxes, right? After taxes, it was d- definitely less than that. Delivering papers in New Jersey in this raggedy 96 Oldsmobile. <laughs> I didn't have power windows, so I had to keep the windows down in the dead of December. Delivering papers. Rain, sleet, or snow, we had to deliver papers. Actually, it wasn't December. It was January. It was after Christmas. The money that I did make, what little I did make, most of that went to my car. There wasn't much. I didn't have much left. And then I didn't even have that job. And so I had nothing coming in for a while, for a good little while. And let me tell you what kind of helped me through the whole thing. Perhaps you heard of Timothy Ferris's four-hour work week. Of all the things he said in that book, I love that book. It's, it's one of my favorite books. I say one of them. He said, if you were to lose your income today, what would you do to get things under financial control? And I thought about that a lot because I was in that situation where I didn't have the income. How do I get things under financial control? What can I do? What some of the, I had to give up some things. I, what can I sell? I had a computer. A nice. Com- it was uh, it was a top of the line at the time. Of course, if I were to use it now, it'd probably be just a doorstop. But back then it was top of the line. I had to sell it. I sold a lot of things. And then thankfully I got my job teaching. You say, well, people aren't buying anything. No, people are buying things. Cause I had a friend of mine who's a manager and, and she was telling me, I came home from work. I said, you're allowed to go to work now. And she said, no, it's, it's just the managers and whatnot. We have online orders. And so they have us working in the store, fulfilling these orders. And she said that we made $7 million the other night. She doesn't work at Amazon, by the way. It's not Old Navy, but it's like an Old Navy. It's like one of those clothing stores. But people are buying stuff. We're seeing this with Amazon. So that's pretty much my spiel for today. Self-care, 
taking care of yourself at the most basic level. And then once you have those basic needs take, taken care of, look for some luxury. Like I said, I have this little massage thing I got from, uh, I was about to say Home Depot, <laughs> that I got from Amazon, and it is divine. It wasn't expensive. It was like $30. <laughs> and it just massages my cows. And the second thing, be happy about your life without the guilt. And in celebrating what you have, do it with gratitude and some compassion. You know, I said two things. I actually have three. Here's a third one. This is a good time to practice mental toughness. So in the next episode, Lord willing, I want to talk about mental toughness. That was actually going to be number three, but I decided that I'm going to spend an episode just talking about that because this was, this is a really good time to talk about mental toughness. Okay. So until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care.